Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Salam, phone on the record. This is Brother Cedric Ben Israel, Tribe of Judah, and welcome to Thursday night's fellowship line. The time now is 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 o'clock p.m. Uh, Central. And um, I just wanted to say thank you guys who all showed up today. And um, I just want to put on the record um, that there were two shootings in the last couple of days. And um, one of the brothers' uh, name was Alton. I cannot remember his last name. He died in police custody. Um, And then there was another uh, brother. Um, in Minnesota, who died in the car with his uh with his uh consort and his um his young uh, daughter was in the car with them, and it um it's making headline news and I mean people are uh, still talking about it, uh, people are very upset about it. I just want to um who who's all online right now. Shalom, brother. This is Brother Alex. Shalom, brother. Did you hear about what had happened in the um, shootings, brother? You know what? Now, really, I heard a little bit about it, but I didn't hear it like that. But, I, you know, I heard that the, you saw the guy that got shot about a police officer that was selling CDs. Yeah, that was the first one. That's Alton. Yeah, I heard about that. I actually saw it on, uh, on the Internet. Uh, were you um, aware of the brother who got shot in Minneapolis the day after? No, I wasn't. Well, we had another brother who got shot. And I want to, okay, let me see who, who else is on here because I'm thinking, I want this to be very clear about what's going on. Um, and I wish Priest was on because maybe he would make it a little bit, the conversation with uh, a little bit more at ease. Um, who else is on besides Brother Alex? Shalom, following on the record, this is Octravon, Tribe of Benjamin. Shalom, Octravon. Octravon, you know, I tried to get in touch with you for the last couple of days, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I've been calling you. And the reason why I called you, brother, because Yanisha um, um, had stated that you needed to talk to me. And I was at work when you called, but I tried to call you back. And I I, I couldn't get any response, brother. Okay. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't see a missed call, but I was trying to reach out to you about the classes if we were – supposed to do that um go online and um and Anisha told me that was just for the test the the um the test run. 
for Monday's class? Yeah. Um, yes, it, 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 it's a test run. Um, Priest wants to see how things run smoothly with the um, with the online university. If you weren't able to access anything, don't worry about it. I think you guys will be able to do it next week. I think some of us weren't able to do it. Um, I was able to do it. Our, our classes were able to do it. But for those who may not be able to do it this week, they'll probably be able to do it next week because I know that Priest still had some things that he had to make sure was uh, set up before you guys could log in. So, yeah, brother, that's you. You guys are just hanging there. Okay, I thought we were doing something wrong. I said, "Oh man, I don't see the link to okay. really get on, go out, get on to that online class or anything like that." So that's what I was trying to reach out to you about. Okay, brother, no problem. Um, but were you, um, are you familiar with what happened with the two brothers who got shot in the last couple of days? You know, Shalom, Shalom. Shalom. Shalom, this is Anisha. Shalom, everyone. Um, go ahead, Shalom. I just saw. I just saw it briefly. You know, um, just briefly saw it, what was going on, and um, the woman with her consort. She she watched the gentleman die, while the officer was pointing a gun you know, through the um, passenger side window. And I guess the officer didn't know that she was recording it or live on Facebook. And um, the um, I didn't see too many things. I, I didn't hear too much of what took place, but I just knew that the gentleman died in her arms and the officer didn't know and then, so some way or the other, she got arrested because, you know, she was trying to talk to the, tell the officer what was going on and this and that. And um, he, for some reason, was very nervous. And the daughter was, they had a little child in the background, in the back seat, witnessing all of this happening. But I didn't see it. To its entirety, but that's all I know. And with that, I yield. Thank you, brother. Um, Akti and Nisha, um, I know you because we were on Facebook yesterday, and I know you saw much of you saw much of what was you know transpiring on there. You want to share what you were able to see about the uh, brothers who got shot, brother? I'm a sister. Um, the one who got shot. Uh... Today, I think it was that that happened. That was yesterday. The bro- that brother got shot. There was Alton, the one who got shot in I think Louisiana, the one who was selling the CDs, and then there was another one who got shot in Min- Minnesota. He him he died. Right. His wife filmed it in the car. Right. I, it's just it's just sad. It's just really sad. Um, with the brother. I know his name. It's almost like he was a northern tribe brother with the name that he had. Mm-hmm. But it was Spanish. And I don't know why it's not coming to the forefront of Is my mind. Is it Felipe? Or Felipe or something like that? Wait, say it again? I think it's like Felipe or Felipe or something like that. I can't remember his name. It's something like that. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I just. 
I can't fathom. I mean, the moment the officer, it seemed like the sisters, as soon as they pulled them over, they had a broken taillight, and that's what he was pulling them over for. The gentleman had a carry license. The officer asked him for his license registration. He told the officer that he had a firearm in the vehicle and that he is licensed to carry and conceal. And the officer asked him to pull his license registration. He went to go get his license registration, and he shot him four times. With his girlfriend driving with the phone and her four-year-old daughter in the back seat. And he kept saying, don't move, don't move. And her boyfriend is, you know, in pain. And she's saying, stay with me, stay with me. And at the same time, she's dialoguing with Facebook Live to let everybody know what's going on. And she was like, he was like, I saw him reaching. He was reaching for it. She said he was not reaching for anything but his his wallet with his license and registration, which you what asked him for. Right, exactly. What you she asked said, why did you shoot my boyfriend? I don't understand why you did that. He is upstanding. He has no criminal background, no criminal record. Why did you shoot him? And she's like, you know, dialoguing with Facebook and dialoguing with the officer. The other officers come on the scene, and they tell her to get out the car and walk towards them with her hands in the air backwards, which she does. She gets to them. They take her phone and point it and put her on the ground and put her in handcuffs and She's like, got Facebook, they just flung my phone, Facebook. And um, she's like, I don't know why he just shot my boyfriend. He at, and she's going, telling the responding officers what happened. And, um, and um, you know, next thing I know, she's in the back of the squadron car. I don't think that they, I didn't think that they were arresting her. Um, because the officer said we have to keep you in handcuffs just until we patch you down and make sure you have no weapons. Meanwhile, she's like, can you please get my daughter out of the car? Because she's still in the car with her boyfriend shot up. Mm. Finally, they have the little girl come out of the car and stand by her mom. And, you know, she's asking them to please take the handcuffs off, and they, they, they don't. They put her in the back of the squadron car with her daughter, and she's saying, my phone is about to die, somebody. I'm on the corner of such and such and such and such. So-and-so, if if you're watching this, please come get me. Come get me. They just shot my boyfriend. And then the video goes off. Now, with Alston, I haven't watched the video yet. I was reading about four or five different articles about what happened at the scene. Mm-hmm. And at first, I'm up in arms. I'm saying to myself, okay, this gentleman does have stolen property in his possession. Mm-hmm. And so I start to go to the scripture, and I look in the book of Exodus where they talk about the laws concerning thieves. And they're saying that, you know, if the thief is caught, you know, um, with the stolen property in his possession, or if he sells it, then he's supposed to give back like five times uh, something, an ox and a this and a that and a this and a that, right? 
But mm-hmm. it says if a thief is caught with his brother in his hand, or he sells his brother and it becomes known, then that thief shall surely die. Mm-hmm. So I think this is Exodus 21, 16 or 14 or something like that. That's when I started asking the questions in the tribal Aboriginal secret group, like, it, it, you know, it's property, like, you know, um, intellectual property rights considered like stealing your brother's person. Is that considered that? Is that like, you know, stealing your brother because it, it, it's his intellectual property when you're selling it? And then I started reading more, and then they started digging up his criminal background, which you know they always like to do. Mm-hmm. And they started talking about how he had, was arrested for, he was a listed sexual offender and spent time in prison for sexual uh, sexual offense. And that he was a convicted felon for drug selling. Mm-hmm. And he had warrants on him. And then they started mentioning that he had a gun on him. Okay, here, here's, the, here's the deal. Because I yes, had to pick up enough courage to actually watch the video myself. Because I, 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 I said I, I, I couldn't watch it. I didn't want to see it at first. Okay. But I got really curious. So something say, watch the video. Okay. And I did. Uh-oh. And I almost threw up because I couldn't believe it. It was it was the most disgusting thing you ever want to see. I, I'm sitting there and I'm watching this guy. Now, mind you now, the guy is already uh, being apprehended. <laughs> yeah, one car, but one cop apprehending the guy backwards. His face is turned on the ground. And they they have one police officer holding his hand as in apprehending him, and then they have another, uh, I guess, trying to hold him down from the back. Now they have two uh, they have two different <laughs> angle videos where they're showing what happened uh, with the guy. Now the guy never pulled out a gun, and first of all, he couldn't pull out a gun because his arms were being restrained. <laughs> So that's strike one. Strike two was they never showed the gun. <laughs> All they showed was the guy, the police officer, pulled his gun out of his pocket, and then he put it to the guy's head, and then he shot the guy four times. Oh. It was like the most disturbing thing ever because I'm thinking to myself, okay, you already have him apprehended. His hand is behind his back. You're holding his hand. How is he going to pull a gun out of his pants? <laughs> and that was the most disturbing thing I had ever seen. And what's so e- and was even more disturbing is that the store owner, <laughs> Shalom Ox, the store owner says that um, he said that I he said I told the guy he can sell the merchandise in front of my store. He said, and I never even called the cops. So then I'm thinking to myself, well, if you didn't call the cops and you permitted him to do it in front of the store, 
then how did the cops know to come up there in the first place? And then who called him? Because the store owner said he never even called him. He said he saw him outside, but he didn't know what was going on. By the time he saw it, the guy was on the ground. The police had him on the ground, and then they shot the guy. And I was just, like, blown because I knew I didn't, I didn't want to see that. That's why I didn't watch it at first. But when I saw it, I was like, damn, that's exactly what I didn't want to see. And I, and I, and I, and I felt so bad because I was just like, this is insane. So, like, how are you going to justify that, you know? And then, and, I, and the only thing I can come back to is what we discussed yesterday. And I was saying to myself, is it just comes down to as long as us being in this jurisdiction, right. this is what we're subject to. And it's like we don't get that for some strange apparent reason. It's it's almost like well I mean we like we can dance around this issue for however long it is and when it comes back that's just another piece of property that is thrown away and then it's like you know, everyone's going to react. They're going to have a trial. It's going to be over. Somebody's not going to be indicted, maybe going to be indicted. It, and then the people are just going to go right back. It was the same. It was just funny because July 4th, I was getting off of work, and Savannah is known for having tours. But Savannah has um, – it's, it's like we have a lot of different festivals when it comes to these holidays, and it just seems it seems so odd that on uh, on Independence Day, I saw more Negroes than I seen Caucasians celebrating Independence Day. I didn't even see as many tourists out as I seen many Negroes. It was the most craziest thing, and I say to myself, "Look at all you brothers and sisters in your red, white, and blue." And I posted it on Facebook. I didn't take no pictures, but I did say. Look at them celebrating their independence day, but they'll be the first person to say, why are you killing my people? I knew nothing about Alton. I knew nothing mm-hmm. about Alton. I didn't even know about it until the, until the 6th that a brother had got shot. Actually, you know, I found out about it through Ema. Ema was talking about it as we were going on uh, to do our newsroom. But I didn't, I didn't know anything about the brother being shot. But it just goes to show you how calculating we are. They've calculated our behavior, and they know exactly what we're going to do. And it was just a slap in the face to black people, but it was almost kind of like they deserved it. Because just when you keep telling yourself and making yourself believe that you're free, they have to put you back in your place and let you know, nigga, you're not free. Right. What do you think this is? Not your country. And that was not about you. You see what I'm saying? And it's sad, but, I mean, it's the truth. And that's an ugly truth, but that's the truth that we have to come to terms with. I've seen the world news. I'm going to keep this brief. I've seen the world news. We had some black folks speaking out, talking about, you know, every time we, you know, uh, feel like we're coming up, America just seems to just show us, you know, how much this country is not for us. But they've been doing this since forever, and you still keep trying to make yourself believe that you can get, that it can get better. 
because you have the white folks at the bottom telling you, no, we just need to be one. And, look, I don't hate nobody, but at the end of the day, I ain't everybody's friend either, and I ain't got to love everybody. And that's just my philosophy on it. And, you know, you take that how you want. I don't have to love everybody, and I'm not going to love anybody. I'm damn sure not going to love nobody that killed my people. That's just that's just crazy. However, as I stated yesterday, one thing our people has got to start understanding is that you have to choose to want to get out of this. It's getting, it's getting to a point, brothers and sisters, they got to choose to want to get to this particular point. Bonya, what's your thoughts, brother? Agra Amya? I know you. I heard him. Oh, I know I heard him. I'm here. Okay. Uh, I'm here. Uh, yes, sir, brother. I, I know like, I heard you. My phone be going in and out. Okay. Um, I can agree, though. I can agree with you tremendously. Like, uh, you know, it's like you, you don't have to deal with them, but it just you got to keep basic to yourself. But at the same time, I don't got to love them. I don't want to love them. That's not what I'm going to do. I love my people at the end of the day. But my people got to learn how to stand up for themselves and start with this marching crap. Like, what a marching, what's, what's that going to do? It's not going to do anything. I mean, you, you, you walking around saying, oh, uh, Stop the killing. Stop this all this. Stop this madness. What's that? That's not going to stop anything. We There's so much of us, and it's little of them, but they're killing us. How does that happen? The slaves. Mm-hmm. Mm. It just don't make no sense to me. And I yield. Shalom, brother. Thank you. I think I, I think I heard uh, uh, Officer Emmanuel. Officer Emmanuel, you on, brother? Officer Emmanuel. Okay. Is there anyone else that's anyone else that's on? I know I heard several people come in. Um, Shalom, Eric. Shalom, Eric. Yeah, brother, what's your thoughts on um, the situation with the two brothers that got shot, one in Louisiana, one in Minnesota? Uh, I did. I did know about one uh, who uh, was on got shot in front of his children and wife. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's. I mean, it's just it's just plain that they can. Uh, how do you say it? They just piercing out the herd. You know, that's just my thought. They they doing it in in that same sense that's driving us to wanna know about law and that's probably gonna drive us back to you know, getting back to what we really supposed to be doing. But you know oh, yeah. it's, it's gonna be a harsh manner, you know, because you can't just tell how you say you can't tell us black folks, you have to show us, so they showing mm. us. Yeah. So <laughs> and you know. They did say the revolution will be televised. Hmm. With, with that idea. 
Yes, sir, brother. Yeah, and wow. I the brother just said something, and I hope uh, you know we remember this. You know, all of this stuff is happening because we done got too complacent, man. As a as a people, we've gotten too complacent. So it's like, well, if you don't want to leave, we gotta make you know, we gotta make you leave. And I mean, I don't see why you know we wouldn't want to, why we wouldn't want to leave, considering the catastrophe catastrophe that's about to befall America in the next, I don't know how many years, because it's coming. People think it's gonna just be just guns and all of this other stuff, and it's like, no, the war been started. Look at what's going on in Detroit. Look at all the Chinese people that done come in and start buying up all these real estate land. Oh, by the way, there is a short 10-minute documentary um, I posted in the site blog. Please check it out. Please check it out. It's called Eviction City. I, I found it off of Al Jazeera. Yes, com. Thank you, sister. That is a hard name to pronounce sometimes. <laughs> Al Jazeera, uh, dot com, And it is a very, very, man, Priest is on point with what he's showing you guys. And I, I just hope that it doesn't just roll off, you know, anybody's heads as to what he's really trying to show you with this real estate. When you watch that video, it's going to become very clear as to what he's trying to show you in contradistinction to that to those scriptures. Now, all of this right here, I'll keep it short, is taking place in Detroit. When you watch the video, you will see everything that Priest was trying to show you. And then you'll see what happened to Judah. When he got kicked out of Judah, when he conquered the Roman Empire, when they built England, and when they got kicked out of England and Ireland and Spain and Sicily and all those other different places. Then you are going to see. It's going to become very clear. So I just want to kind of put that in your heads. Um, please check that uh, documentary out. It's only 10 minutes. It's not even that long. What's so, the name of it again? I... It's called Eviction City. It's in, it's in the site blogs. Inside the university. Yes, indeedy. Yep. Um, I posted the link in the uh, uh, what's that thing called? Where you the description? Well, not the description box. I wrote in the description box, but like right in there, like when you deliver an email to someone so they can see what it is. I wrote the title and then I put the link in there. So all you guys got to do is just either click on it or copy and paste it in the box and then go to it. It's on YouTube. It's only ten minutes. Uh, aside from that, man. This this situation is, you know, is pushing us to get back to this particular point. And, you know, we have a lot of people that will not make it. I mean, that's just, that's the reality, you know, we have to kind of accept. I mean, I was accepted a long time ago, you know. I mean, because that's just the way that it is. The scriptures is very specific. It said a remnant. A remnant. It was very precise. So, aside from that, 
Anybody else want to give their thoughts on the whole situation uh, about the the, uh, shootings? Shalom, this is Sister Roberts. Shalom, Sister. Shalom, Sister Roberts. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing? I'm I'm great. What are your thoughts about the two shootings, um, the brother in um, Louisiana and the other brother in Minnesota? Well, I um, I, I didn't even know what I was getting ready to look at um, as far as the Louisiana one, but after I watched mm. that, I wasn't. I just. I really just couldn't bring myself to watch the second one with mm. the young man and his and his family. Um, but because cause the the Louisiana one was that one was kind of that one was tough for me. Um, you know, yeah. we see we see these this happening. We see it happen so much, but I think just the brutal nature of it mm-hmm. um, it really really hit me, and I think. You know, obviously there's that, and there's the emotional part of that, and that's, those are our people. Um, and it and it was it was senseless. But I think, you know, what got to me the most in that clip was, as you said, you know, he was apprehended, he was on the ground, he was practically under underneath the car. Yeah. Um, his hands <laughs> were apprehended. He had a knee in the upper part of his back. Um. The cop pulls the gun, shoots him three times. Well, before that, I hear you, you can hear the audio where he says, some, "I think the other cop says he has a weapon or something like that." Yeah, he and said he had a gun. Right, he has a gun, and you hear the you see him get shot three times. And the angle, the video I saw with the angle, the video kind of went to the ground. And in that moment, you hear this officer after he shot him three times say, "Get on the ground." The officer screams and then proceeds to shoot him three more times. Are you kidding me? I only I didn't know that. Yeah. So he shoots him the three times, the camera goes kind of crazy, and you hear him saying, Get on the ground, you hear three more shots. And by the time it comes back, this officer's literally laying on his side with his gun still pointed at this gentleman on the ground. And you hear this other wow. screaming. He he yells out the f word twice. So it's almost like you you saw them attempting in that moment, like they knew it had happened, and they tried yeah. to like try to cover it up real fast. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think what hit me in that moment was I was like, wow, like not only can they do this, it can be on film, but they're so bold and confident that they're able. They will they will try to cover it up as it's happening and while it's happening, and they feel comfortable in that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay. So the message for me today was get the hell away from these beasts. Yeah. Point blank, period, because not only is the, you know, the legis- the law going to allow them to do this, but these, <laughs> they're not even, I don't want to be cool, but the the more the moral capacity that they seem to lack, like that puts us at a disadvantage anytime we're dealing with them. Point I mean, even if you're innocent as the other I don't I didn't see that the other young man had any kind of issue. He was he literally, from what I understand, and listen to Sister Anicia talk like he's telling the officer what he has on him and he has his legal right. And even in that legal right, that officer still thought it was okay 
in fear or whatever it was to shoot that young man and kill him in front of his family. That was the worst video to watch because like, you had I, the little. Yeah, did you see, did you didn't see the uh, uh, the second video? And the little girl was in the back seat, and I think what really got to me in that moment is when that little girl saw her father get shot, and she say, "Don't worry, mommy, I'm right here." And I was, and that was just it. Yes. I mean, that I, was it for yeah. me. Yeah. I, I was like literally blown for the rest of the night. Yeah, I I saw that one. Um, that was that was bad, man. Yeah, that bad. baby. I was done. I was done after that. And I think, I don't know, today's been, I don't know, today was like a new slap in the face, a new, you know, fresh, you know, water kind of just, it, it's really real out here. You know what I mean? Whether, you know, we have to, we have to depend on the most high, like, because otherwise, you know, it's, it's yeah, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, we yes, have ma'am. no choice but to definitely do our following the laws, put our faith in the most high and get the hell away from these people in this in this system, in this jurisdiction. And with that are you. Yes, sister. Thank you for that. Anyone else? Mm-hmm. And and I don't want to drag it. I don't want you guys to think that we just came on here to talk about it. I just kinda of wanted to see if anybody had known or they just wanted to share their thoughts about this because I mean, these are our people. Um I mean, just, you know, we're here, and we're just, you know, that close, you know, from being away from all of that. But at the end of the day, we still have to watch our people suffer because they're asleep. <laughs> you know, that that's the worst part about it. It's like you have to watch the sleep people go through this, and then when you give them the remedy, it's like, no. He fights you. He fights you. Um, no. I have a question, and uh, just a, I wanted to let you know, Ra'amia just messaged me. He said he's traveling <clears throat> in and out of state, and his reception is going in and out. Um, okay. So he'll try and be back on. That's but no problem. No problem at all. As far as bearing arms is concerned, um Understanding that it's a citizen's right to bear arms Mm -hmm. and understanding that we aren't actually citizens, Mm -hmm. do we have that right? You know what's so crazy? Well, I mean, I know now we do. Even outside of, well, definitely now outside of, um, outside of the jurisdiction of the beast, I mean, by nature, we have the right to defend ourselves. <laughs> but um, the ones that are in it, those that are in it. Oh, the ones that are still in the beast? I would say that they have the right to hold it. I think that's just the misconception that a lot of our people still don't get. It's almost like, and this is what it almost seemed like, the guy just, they, they just practically showed you what it was. The guy told the officer, I have a permit to carry, right? Mm-hmm. The cop still pulled the gun out on the brother and shot the brother because he thought the brother was going to use the gun on him. Mind you, so now it becomes clear, oh, I have the right to hold the gun. I don't have the right to shoot 
the gun. Mm. Does that make sense to you now? It's all, basically that's exactly what it is. You got the right to hold it, but it just seems like you don't have the right to use it. So then what good is a gun permit? Because you can't even use the gun that you have the license to hold. Wow. Mm-hmm. See? That is the that is look, it's all right, I'll give you a perfect example. It's the same concept that they're doing with homosexuals. In certain in certain states they have sodomy laws where if you're right. a certain age, uh <laughs> uh I think if you're under a certain age is uh, or, or above a certain age or under a certain age, you could get in trouble for sodomy. But, like, if you're over the age of 16 or if you're over the age of, of certain – they have certain age of requirements for these particular laws. Now, mind you now, you have people who feel like, okay, oh, well, since I don't – I'm not necessarily uh, uh, with a 16-year-old, it's okay. But they don't even realize there are certain laws that say that if they catch you, you can still be apprehended because then there would be indecent exposure or something of that nature. And then you might not get necessarily apprehended for sodomy, but you would definitely get caught and then apprehended for uh, indecent exposure just for being caught in the act. So it's like it's a setup. They give you the boundaries to say you can hold it, you just can't use it. That's the ugly reality we live in. This is America. They get over. They are strategically designing their laws the way that they want to design their laws. And guess what? They got every right to do it. They got every right to enforce their laws the way they want to enforce their laws. Why? Because that's what that's their culture. This is what makes Israelites different from other nations. We have a particular culture. They have a particular culture. They have titles to everything so they can enforce their laws. When we get titles to whatever property we have, we can enforce our laws. And if they don't obey, then we know what the law says for us. They don't obey, they get put to death. That's and that's, that's pretty much it. Because, like, when I look at Alton, and I'm thinking about the offenses that he had in his past, probably made him open to well, that sort of treatment. If he was under our jurisdiction, mm-hmm. and he got caught sexually offending, and then selling drugs. Mm-hmm. What have been done? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I can't. I can't lie to you. At the end of the day, the scriptures, you know, kind of just tell you that you know it's death. You get put to death. You know. But here, here's the really interesting thing about death. And I want you guys to kind of think about this for a minute because. Because commerce has changed so different, because commerce has evolutionized itself, death has taken on a whole new form where, like, you can have a physical death, but it doesn't mean that the body has to die. It's just that what you're calling a body can be a body on paper, and it does not necessarily uh, require your physical 
like flesh and blood body to die, but the body that's on the paper, it dies. And when that body dies, the right, the property, the estate that comes along with it, it dies. That's where civil letter mortuus comes in. So now you have a situation where, oh, do we physically put his behind the death or do we physically put the body that's on paper to death? Which, I mean, it's still going to mean he's dead. He may be dead in the eyes of the law. So now I guess the question comes in, do or will tribes apply that particular method? Who knows? Who knows? But I will say, Priest is very Priest is uh, <laughs> Priest is very particular about these laws. So <laughs> Priest wow. might just have to put that brother to death. Shalom. That's all like Aquin. Is that Aquin? Shalom, brother. This is Aquin. Shalom, brother. How are you? Uh, I'm 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 a little melancholy. You know, after okay. uh, the the events of the of this week, okay. so, uh, you know my, my my heart goes out to you know the brothers and the families that have been affected by this. Uh, right. You know, but the the dichotomy of that is, you know, as a you know as a minister in this nation, and understanding that you know we're basically living out you know, what's been uh, prophesied and documented in the scriptures, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just, it, it, it's difficult to see it, but, yeah. you know, as, as, you know, being, you know, leaders, you know, we have to kind of, you know, remain steadfast and, and, and focused and, you know, although we're expe- although we're experiencing emotions, we can't be taken by those emotions. We have to maintain, uh, you know, logic and reason and candor and, you know, be able to keep our, our wits about ourselves to navigate our people through this, through this manner. Right. So one thing I wanted to say, um, you know, because, you know, in this nation, you know, the first thing you learn coming in here is law is specific. Mm-hmm. So we got to get a little more specific, you know, when we're um, evaluating, you know, what we're seeing before us. Understand that these these, these people – you know, these, these uh, folks that are uh, sitting in the seat of authority at this point in time, they're not dealing with laws. We've got to stop using that, that term because mm-hmm. the only way that you deal with law is if you're operating in propria persona or in your proper person. In mm-hmm. other words, to be dealing with law, you have to be, in a, you have to be operating in a private capacity. Anybody that has a... Uh, a public transmitting utility, you are not operating in law. You are operating based on codes and public policies. That's right. It's color it, 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 it's, uh, uh, color code cast status. And, yes, at some point when, uh, when, when, when this, this seat of uh, jurisdiction changes hands, um, we're going to have to do the same thing. We're going to yep. have to manage our bond servants. You know, we're we're going to have to bond them. We're going to have to deal with them. Uh, you know, in public capacity, we're going to have to write codes to manage their mental conditions because they don't want to do it themselves. So there, there's a there's there's a real benefit 
in being able to refine our language because right. the language and using the proper language, that is going to – to me, that's the number one thing that you can employ that is going to elevate your, your state of mind, conscious, and awareness the fastest is to use proper language. So right. we shouldn't be referring to what they're doing as uh, uh, law because they're not, they're not operating in law. They're operating in code. They're operating, you know, they're managing the, 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 the people publicly. And if you, you know, actually are, are moving through this process with tribes, you understand that all of our power is in the private, not in the public. And the whole point of nationalization mm. is to move us from having to deal with these beasts in, pub, in public and moving us back to the private. Right. So, um, you know, with that being said, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, when I saw earlier today, because I've just been really busy, but I saw earlier today what happened to uh, the brother in Minnesota. Um, and then uh, I saw what happened to um, Alton. And the thing with that was, it, you know, initially, Everything that I was uh, was seeing was uh, it was sort of filtered, but you know I, I kept messing around and I ended up finding uh, a second video, and uh, that was a lot more graphic than the one that I saw initially. And um, you know to look at it, you know that, that and and actually the the when I woke up this morning, that was the first thing that when I lifted up my phone, that was the first thing I saw on my phone and. I was like, damn, man, this is this is not the way to wake up. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, in looking at that, you know, it came to me. I just started, uh, you know, thinking about Scripture and thinking about, uh, you know, Deuteronomy and, you know, where it says that, and the Lord shall, and I'm paraphrasing, the Lord shall send uh, a nation upon me of fierce countenance. Mm-hmm. And to look at what, befell our brothers, it's like, you know, it, it doesn't get any more fierce. It doesn't get any more uh, disgusting than that. But then all of the fallout, I think, um, you know, makes it just a, a lot more difficult to deal with because, you know, with our people, you know, we still want to uh, run around and, and, and holler about, we still want to use this byword of black and, mm. and, and not understanding that the reason why you're going through this, all, all of this is a correction. That, that's, that's what it is. It's a correction. Mm-hmm. Because we want to adopt everything but the truth. I mean, it's almost to the point where you can't even go out and give a, um, you know, give a perspective that is, that is rooted in, you know, these scriptures as far as what's actually happening to our people and what our remedy is. I mean, you, you, you can't do that because, I mean, you're, you're basically going out and at that point, when you're speaking that kind of truth, you're walking in the steps of the Christ and most of these niggas, they will do to you the same thing they did to him. Yeah. You know, they, they, they don't want to hear it. Yeah. And so, it's, it, it, you know, it's like, so, so, so what do you do? I mean, you sit there, you see your people, man, just, you know, <laughs> you know, running, 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 you, you fainting, you got, you got heart problems. I mean, you, you just, you know, you, you, you at, what does scripture say? At the night you think is day and at the day you think is night. 
You know, mm-hmm. and the thing is, is, is we want to get upset at these cops. It is not the damn cops. Right. right. The Most High told us yeah. that this was going to befall us if we did not keep those laws, statutes, and commandments. You know, and the thing is, 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 is again, I know, um, you know, it's, it's difficult to deal with the emotional aspects of it. Right. But, you know, at the same time, um, you know, we 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 got to be specific. We have to, you know, really, uh, you know, stand in uh, the gap for our people. You know, we have to at at any point in time where we have the the opportunity uh, to be with, to to share our perspective. We we, we got to do that until we raise enough people consciously to where we can really make a, a, a major transition. You know, the whole point of this is to get out of, uh, you know, having to deal with, uh, with, with, with the public policy. We got to get back to, to actual law. We got to be competent. We got to be able to read, write, and speak it. And at the end of the day, you know, if, if, if you know, just drawing on some of the experiences that I've had in the nation, it's not so much what they're showing you on these videos is what they're not showing you mm-hmm. because there's a, a, a check down and there's a protocol that these so-called public servants, well, I ain't going to say so-called because they actually are public servants. They just forgot it and mm-hmm. we won't hold on the task, but there's a protocol that they follow before they accost you. The first thing they do is they try, they always trying to establish jurisdiction Mm-hmm. So even in that situation, you know, with the with with the brother in Minnesota, it's like okay, I'm walking up to his car. You know, he has state license plates. His, uh, you know, he's going out and 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 created a trust. He has equitable title to that car. He doesn't have legal title. This is our property. We got the right to stop this individual. So from a law, so so from a lawful standpoint, or even from a legal standpoint. What would be the, uh, the the ideal situation to be in to prevent that situation from occurring at at its root cause? You know, not not even get to look. I don't, I don't even. You have no reason to accost me. This is private property. It's a private conveyance. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got to think about it from that standpoint because at the end of the day. The scripture tells you t- tells you plainly who can make war with this beast. You cannot that's make war true. with this beast. And anybody that's out there telling our people that they can, you you're you're, you're responsible for the destruction of our people to a greater or lesser degree. Because you cannot make war with this beast. Just like when we was in Egypt and we had to pass over and, and, and the blood of those lambs was placed over those doors, those were seals. Yeah. <laughs> and that technology, that technology that worked in ancient times works now. Uh-huh. Even, even, even Proverbs tells you, do not remove the landmark that your fathers have set. And, and I'm paraphrasing that as well. That landmark is your nationality. That's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> And so we got to get out of this, you know. Like I said, man, I, I, you know, we we are we are caring people. We we actually are loving people. We actually are 
um, and, and emotional people. But we got to stop being overly emotional because if you think about it, and, and even with dealing with men, if you're overly emotional, you're, not, you're, you're going to be at a disadvantage to be able to make the best decisions for yourself and those that are actually depending on you. When you got people depending on you to to to, to eat, you know, when you got people depending on you for shelter, you can't be taken by emotions. We got we we really gotta gotta work um, to improve in that area. And you know, it's it's a it's a great thing that um, the Holy Month of Consecration is coming up because that is definitely designed to you know improve us in in those areas of self discipline. Um, but I, I don't want to take up too much more time. I had to say that, uh, you know, Shalom, uh, Minister Shedrick, for allowing me the floor. And, no problem, uh, brother. I that. appreciate it, man. I mean, and, you know, like you said, man, like this is a situation where we have to definitely be more specific because I didn't, again, that was another aspect I didn't really consider at that particular point because I do keep forgetting about the cash system that is set up in place. And, you know, I looked at the property aspect of it, but I didn't look at the status uh, aspect of it in terms of color code. And I do have to remember that they do go by a particular set of codes when you're dealing with people who aren't in proper persona. So that is something that, you know, we have to be cognizant of or cognizant of because of the because when we're dealing with people that we are bonding, we are bonding and we will bond people, um, we have to observe their mental condition and we have to figure out what kind of laws would be able or rule of law. Because the thing about it is, as the brother just said, that you don't, you can't necessarily put uh, these type of people or these particular um, bonded uh, servants under law considering the fact that they their mind isn't there yet. You see what I'm saying? In a correctional facility, you have different levels, and you put people in these different levels based on their mental conditions. This is why they have a unit one, a unit two, a unit three, a unit four, unit five, and sometimes depending on the level, some of them could be considered as a maximum security prison or a maximum uh, uh, security area because you may be a high risk to other prisoners. So even in prison, they designate particular types of uh, uh, rules for people based on their mental condition as well as uh uh well based on their mental condition. So just kind of think of it that, that way. It's like the quote-unquote free world is no different than the prison system itself, and I mean, they pretty much are the same. But um, other than that, man, I'm going to open up the floor, and I'm going to allow anybody, uh, just station your name, phone on the record, um, allow you guys to uh, bring forth some topics. Uh, the time now is it is 7.55, and I just open up the floor. Station your name, on the record. Um, well, I'll, I'll open up the floor. So, I just have a question, Cedric, if I may. Can I, uh, may oh, I ask you? Yes, yes. Uh, 
For and on the record, this is Sister Anisha Trabajuda. Um, I recall Auckland and yourself mentioning private and public. Mm-hmm. So it seems like there's two different set of laws in play, in motion, at mm-hmm. the same time. The people that operate are, or the people that are licensed or privileged to operate in the private is because they are operating in true civility. Meanwhile, the people that are placed in public, under public law, is that because they don't know how to act and they need to be watched in in a sense? You're very close. And then you also just said something else. You said that the private people are, are living in what they consider to be true civility. And you do know what true civility is regarding Right? Trust in the state. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, and, and it's okay. I mean, because at the end of the day, like, we have to we have to get this down. Uh, these people are operating in trust in the state, in corporations and limited liability companies. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to make this short, um, I was in legislative processing. And, no, not legislative processing. I think it was, uh, I can't remember what class. It wasn't legislative processing, though. It was a class that just got out of international politics. That's what it was, international politics. And we were discussing, um, we were discussing um, government. And I saw something out there called um, uh was it non-governmental entities or something like that, NGOs or some non-governmental organizations or um, something else, uh, interest groups. Interest groups were considered civilized government. <laughs> civilized government. And mind you, they're an organization. So... Anybody that's operating in a quote-unquote corporate capacity, because think about it this way. If I am an Israelite and you are an Ashkenaz and you're a son of Ashkenaz, but you want to do business with me, you want to you wanna be able to do business with me, then that means you'd have to incorporate. That means you'd have to incorporate yourself inside our jurisdiction so that you can do some type of business because what if we don't want what you have and you really want to do business here? That means you got to give up something in order to be able to do something with us. And that's what they do today in in uh, the United States. Anytime you want to do business in the state, what you got to do? You got to get a license. You got to register with the state and all of that other different BS. I won't go too much into it. But Look at African Americans. They're not really operating in a, a a particular type of corporate capacity, and then little uh, trust or whatever it is that they have us under. It has different types of rules applied to it. So yeah, there are two types of rules operating at the same time. Brother Lynn just brother Lynn basically hit it on the nail. It's just rules of law. 
And they have laws, and then there's rules of law or code or color code. And they've been doing this forever. But then you ask yourself where they get it from. They get it from us. So I hope that kind of answers your question. I don't want to, like, make it long with it. No, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was wondering if you guys had known about the Noah's Ark that, uh, quote unquote Noah's Ark that they built in Kentucky. Did anybody hear that about that? No, sir. Nobody heard about the Noah's Ark uh, theme park they built in Kentucky. No. Oh man, I laughed at that. You guys got to check this stuff out. Like they. "Quote unquote," reconstructed the Noah's Ark, and they built. A, it's a, it's supposed to be a theme park. You don't have like the roller coaster or anything like that. It, to me, it's more like a it's more like a, a science museum, but they call it a theme park. It's a Christian theme park, and uh, there's a I think like a two three minute video. I sent it to Emiar Roof. I sent it to her first because she's in Kentucky, so I figured she'd know more about it than I do. But, um, yeah, there's a theme park there. Here is the kicker. Now, y'all already know they made all of the characters white, so I'm not even going to get all into that. But what was even more interesting is that you had dinosaurs. You had dinosaurs or exhibits where the people – uh, of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and all these other different people, these quote-unquote biblical people interacting with the dinosaurs. And I'm like, so wait a minute. This ain't up with Christian, this ain't up with a Scientology museum. Y'all pushing Christian religion with uh, science, or no, not even science, evolution theory. Oh, and they even said that, if I'm not mistaken, and it's still debated because I'm not necessarily sure, but they're saying that you had to be Christian in order to work there. Yeah. So you you had to be of the Christian faith to work at that museum. So... Yeah, I don't know if anybody else didn't know about it. I think it was on C. It was on. It was on the World News, some time ago, because that's what the link was showing. Uh, I think it's on the World News, NBC, because uh, that's what's showing up at the bottom of the uh, video. I think I'm going to post that in the university too, um, just so we can keep that on record. I don't know if that's going to stay on YouTube, but I'm going to post it anyway. But, um, yeah, they built a Noah's Ark. So when you guys get a chance, uh, see what the video is showing, and um, I guess you come back and just talk about it. Uh, I'll open up the floor again for any more comments and, um, uh, or topics anybody has. Just state your name before and on the record. Well, this is Oxy Crystal. Um, I haven't heard about the one in Kentucky, but... I know there is something similar to that in Florida called the Holy Land um, because my church that I used to attend had previously went to the Holy Land in Florida, and it has to do with the Trinity. 
So um, I guess that will be sort of similar to the Kentucky one. I yield. Shalom. Well, let me ask you this, sister. Was was it on a big, like, boat? It does have the arch, yes. Oh, okay. Cause, yeah, because this is a, like, everything is inside this big boat. Like, they supposedly reconstructed the boat, quote-unquote, and then they uh, put, like, they were saying, like, how uh, Noah had all the animals in there two by two in their own little cubbies or rooms, and people would just, they would just walk around the exhibit and just see. I mean, it's supposed to be, like, really, really, really big. And uh, they got dinosaurs in there, and I'm just like, y'all really trying to push this stuff on people? Like, that dinosaur stuff is is is, is like played out. Ain't nobody. I don't even know if anybody anybody even still believe in dinosaurs. But okay. Aside from that, anybody got any other topics that they want to share? Okay. Question: Did anybody know that Hillary Clinton was not going to be indicted? The I think it was the CIA or the FBI. They're not indicting her for the emails, right? Yeah, she's not being indicted. And there was a situation the other day where uh, some people were someone from the Donald Trump team made a flyer where she was on it. And in the background, he had the dollar sign. And then, like, right, like, on the left-hand side of the picture was a was a uh, Star David. And inside it was something. I can't remember exactly what it said. But he had changed it from a Star David to, um, uh, I think, a circle or something like that. But I think he was kind of calling her a Jew. He was, like, underhandedly calling her a Jew because in the background you see the money. Just, like, the it's just kind of like money everywhere. They got Hillary Clinton in the foreground. And then, like, right next to her was a, a, a star. Like, everybody's been talking. Well, the media has been talking about it. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's it's a whole lot going on, man. <laughs> Well, we're all in bed together anyway, Israel, yeah. you know, Rome and the United States and probably Canada too. Um, I had watched this um, Dick Gregory um, interview, and um, they had interviewed him about Donald Trump. And um, he was saying how there's two Trumps. And he was like, you know, the one in the red tie, you know, when you see the one in the red tie, that's that's, that's the, the real Trump, you know. And then there's the, the alter ego is the Donald Trump in the blue tie, you know. And he was talking about um, Ben Carson. And, you know, he was like, what is Ben Carson famous for? And they said, well, Supposedly, you know, he had separated the um, Siamese twins, the kids that were connected at the head, um, and that's what he was world-renowned for. And so Dick Gregory said, well, okay, 
if he actually did this, how come he's never, ever been even nominated for a Nobel Prize? Not receive one, but he didn't even get a nomination for it if he was the first person to ever perform this type of surgery. And then he was like, you know, he was like, Donald Trump is broke. He he doesn't have any money. He was like, you know, the interviewer was like, well, supposedly his father left. He said, have you ever seen a picture of Donald Trump's father? He said, well, you know, supposedly his father, he said, see, and he interrupted the guy. He said, why you? He said, you keep asking me questions. Answer the question I'm asking you. Have you ever seen a picture of Donald Trump's father? And the guy was like, no. He's like, okay, have you ever had, read a story about Donald Trump's father? And the guy was like, no. He said, and that don't bother you? And he was like, you have to start seeing the game. So that is a good question. I never really read a story about Donald Trump, for, although I've heard a story about Donald. Well, I've heard a story about Donald Trump uh, getting money from his father, but I've never, dang, about about I've never heard a story about Donald Trump. And then he said his sister held a press conference, Donald Trump's sister held a press conference, and was like, my dad didn't give him no $100 million. He gave him a $1 million. And I was wondering why I didn't get any of it. Hmm. So, <laughs> and then he was saying about Ben Carson, he was like, who is this guy? Like, you know, supposedly he, you know, he was campaigning for like eight months, ain't nobody ever ever heard of him. Now all of a sudden he's popping up on the scene. He says he's CIA. He's like, you got to really like, he's really pay attention to how they move and how they sell you a story. And just because they have the reach, you tend to believe it because they have so many different papers to pump out the same false information. And then he went into, like, bringing up when he ran for presidency against Nixon and how in the Wall Street Journal they said that they had, they had, a, they had a technical glitch with the, the, the vote tally because all the votes were tallied in New York City. And when they did the, the, the tally for the vote, Dick Gregory was coming out as the, the nominee-elect with nine, nine million votes out of Pennsylvania alone. And they said they had to shut the machine down because it couldn't have been right. He said, you, did you, like, the guy was reading the article, and this is exactly what the article was saying. He said, do you see what, see, they went in there to try and, Trick the computer to read Nixon. And whatever they did, they messed up because it was coming up with my name. And so they had to shut the computer down because it wasn't reading the, the way that they wanted it to read. They just said it. So whoever they want to win is going to be who wins. Right. But, you know, it's so crazy. I'm not surprised by that. Remember, you remember a couple, um, about like a month and a half ago, maybe two months now maybe, where they were talking about 
how, or I had mentioned how there's a video floating around from like the uh, early 2000s where the guy got in front of the judge and was saying that they designed uh, software, computer software, where they can rig elections. He got in front of the judge. Yeah, you remember that? No. I wouldn't be too surprised. Oh, man, that's all over the Internet. That's all over YouTube. You can find that video right now. The guy was telling the judge, he's just like, yeah, we designed technology uh, to rig elections. We rigged the voting booths. Yeah, so they've been doing that for a long time. I would be too surprised. But, you know, here's another thing that I I, I keep thinking about. Because I posted, or I remember sharing with you guys some time ago where they were talking with, with this guy, and I guess it's supposed to be like a fake, uh, this, this is supposed to be a fake statement that appeared on Facebook where the guy was saying that, um, I predict in 2015 that Prince is going to die and then Kimball yep. Spice, and then he turned around to say that Donald Trump was going to die. So now I'm thinking to myself, now I wonder if that's going to be true. I think a lot of people probably would be happy, <laughs> but, um, I mean, I wonder if that would be true. But at the end of the day, we can only, you know, just kind of like sit back and just watch them make a fool out of everybody else because we got so much that we need to work on as a people, uh, particular, particularly this nation. We got so much that we have to try to strive for um, in building this nation because, I mean, technically, we're like, we're out, you know? So that's not necessarily something that we have to really worry about, but then there's the ones that are not out. So we have to kind of like, you know, prepare for them to come in. Or if they, again, like I told you yesterday, Sister Nisha, they have to want to. It's like you now have to want, if you want the truth that bad, you'll find it. It's not going to find you. You'll find it. It's the same thing when you go to court. If you want to break, if you want justice, you got to take that person to the court who injured you. So it's the right. same thing, you know. So you seek your remedy. If you'll find your remedy when you go looking for it. So, and it's sad because, you know, I had to tell this brother last night. He, you know, he made a statement saying, "Oh, well, I know what it is." We just ish, we ain't nothing, and we should just accept our, we should just accept our, we, you know, we just should accept our roles as slaves. Whoa. I said, well, yeah. And he was saying, and he said this, and I was saying to myself, well, brother, if you already, if you, if you're already thinking like that, then you're exactly right. I hope that's working out for you. <laughs> I, I, I said that. He said, well, I know my place. I say what I said, that you think like that. That's that, that's extremely sad that you would sit here and, you know, accept, well, what, are you, what can you say to make me change my mind? I say, I can't make you change your mind. You've already made your decision. You've already made your whole decision. There's nothing, to, there's nothing to change. You've already told me you're a slave. I can't help a slave. They already know they're slaves. I say without telling anybody who... who 
who who wants to be free, like priests tell us, get them damn bats off of you and get out of the beast. F all of that. You tell me how I can change my mind. I say, you know what? Don't take your frustrations out on me because you've already laid down and died. Mm. Okay. Because, I mean, that's just not, I mean, if that's the if that's the mindset that you want to have for the rest of your life, that you a slave, then who am I to come in today? Elias said this, Elias said this years ago. Damn it, if they want to goddamn go use for a ride toothpaste, they got the right to use for a ride toothpaste. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like they, he has that right to want to be a slave. I wouldn't take that from him. That's his own right. But I'll be damned if I want to be it. I'm sorry. I, 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 you know, you just can't lay down and die like that. What do you think about, like, okay, because I was just reading that um, for the Republican convention, they just purchased, like, $20 million the riot gear for the Republican convention. Mm-hmm. Because they're already projecting some sort of, you know, violent occurrence at the convention. So with this climate, this racially high climate, and everybody's mm-hmm. talking about marching and this and that, with the climate the way it is, how wise that would be when we already see that the National Guard and police are already amping up here to fight. I don't know how wise it I don't think that would be wise at all. That's suicide. <laughs> I mean, look, man, I... I was just sharing this with, I posted this on Facebook, and I shared this with one of the brothers the other day, how I was reading up on how Judea became Palestine. Mm. Um, Well, mind you, I mean, if everybody, you know, knows in the book of Maccabees, it talks about when Alexander the Great came from Macedonia to, uh, to the east. They obviously had, you know, got the title to the land, and they started to incorporate. So then they come, they run into, you know, they done, you know, try to unify, quote, unquote, the East and the Mediterranean and all this other different stuff. And then you get introduced to Pompey. Pompey, he was, uh, I think he was a designated prefecture over Syria, because they conquered Syria, and then they turned Israel into what they consider to be a client state. A client state is basically a, a, a country that has been subdued under the jurisdiction of another. So, in other words, you had a private, you had a private entity come in and, you know, kind of usurp, usurp their government. And what ends up happening was they turned Israel into a precinct. And what ends up happening was the, the, 
the article or whatever it was I was reading was saying that now this was what happened was outside of Israel. What was going on inside of Israel was a lot of infighting. You had the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and then you had the regular citizens and the priests, and then you had at that time the Sakari, which was kind of like today's Mexican drug cartel. So it was, we were, you know, they had a lot of infighting amongst themselves. And with them killing each other, them fighting with the Romans, the Romans fighting with the people inside of Jerusalem, we were dying from the inside out. And then the Romans basically came in and then they seized us because the people who who wanted out of the government, they kept, they kept creating all these riots. So then that's when they sent Titus in. And then I'm thinking to myself, why does it feel like a repeat? <laughs> why do we feel, why do I see a repeat? And this time we don't even have our own government. The community is within another jurisdiction and we're dying from the outside and being caught. We're dying from within and being conquered from the outside. It's a, it's, it's a worse situation to be in. We got the gangs killing each other. We got our regular brothers and sisters hurting each other. Then you got the, the United States and their government. They're doing what they have to do, and it's like it's a it's a it's a repeat all over again. This time I I don't know how this can end up, but I know one thing: it doesn't seem smart for brothers. They're getting these organizations and amp the people up to go and try to make war with this beast, and they don't have no means to protect these people. It that doesn't that ain't gonna fit too well. Um, but I'll open the floor uh, again for any more topics. Um, just state your name for on the record, or any comments that anybody had about what Sister Anisha was saying. Okay. Um, what was it? I was um. I wanted to kind of um speak on something from the uh, uh documentary that I had uh, requested everybody to kind of um look at. Shalom. I guess he got cut off. Yes, ma'am. I guess he'll call back in in a second. I'm, I'm eating at the moment, so that's why I had my mouth full. I couldn't say nothing. 
Uh, well, kind of talking about what Brother uh, Rafa was, and you and him were talking about with the just the attacks. I had done an article um, Wednesday on the NYPD has a new unit, and they're uh, say that they're uh, getting ready for war with ISIS. So they're trying oh, to yeah. get, uh, I forgot trying about all that. these new officers. Um, you know, they're not really getting ready for war with ISIS. That's just something you're putting out in the media. They're right. getting ready for war with the people of the country. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Well, how many, did you guys see um, the coverage that they did? For I, uh, uh, Israel United in Christ, um, they did a special. Yeah, they did a special. Um, I'm not sure if this was, I don't know what news station this was, but they called them a hate group. This is, yeah, they called them a hate group. I think this is the second Hebrew Israelite group they done did this to. I think this was the first one was ISUPK. Then now it's IUIC. Uh, Israel United in Christ. Um, the um, they had this like they did an interview with this uh, Caucasian woman, and they was uh, the the Caucasian lady was asking them about you know basically what they believe, and but but before they even got on, the lady was uh, telling the another other news anchor lady about she was I guess she called herself like introducing the people. She was saying yeah. Um, these people believe that if you're not one of them, that in, like, the future in or whatever, they're going to, you know, white people are going to be their slaves. So they asked the black guy, I guess he was one of the elders, and he was like, yeah, if you're not one of us, you're going to be a slave. You're going to be our slave. And so he tried to, uh, he, he was giving her scriptures and all of this stuff, and she was like, well, what does all that mean? And he basically just come out and say, no, this means that you're going to be our slave. So then he talked about, you know, the different ramifications of what it was, you know, uh, what this all – hold on for just a second, you guys. I got to get home New York. These Negroes are making it hot. <laughs> doing that all over, sis. I was just watching uh, something uh, with the NSA um, terrorist list. I mean, they have these camps on their terrorist list. They have um, sovereignty, people that are pushing the sovereignty agenda on this terrorist list. They have homophobes on terrorist lists. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really getting crazy. It's getting really critical. And um, it just baffles me how our people think that going in the streets with picket signs or going to the ballots to vote 
is going to remedy this. I don't understand why they are so adamant about staying attached to this particular body politic. I just don't understand it. Shalom, sister. I'm, I'm, I can, I'm listening. I had to go on mute for a minute. You know, I was just saying, it, it baffles me how our people are really adamant about sticking in this particular body of politics. Because they've already shown us time and time again what time mm-hmm. it is. And, you know, it, it's just sad. It's just really sad. And to hear that these IYC is. About things they don't necessarily truly understand, it's just making the climate even worse because I do see a lot of cops more now walking the beat on subways and on trains and a lot more patrol cars going up and down the street. Um, I even see them with a desk in in the subway at major hubs just posted, you know, watching the traffic. And all the while, like, on the intercom in the subway, they're saying, ladies and gentlemen, you know, be advised that large backpacks or containers can be checked by New York City uh, officers, and I'm thinking to myself, didn't the Supreme Court rule stop and frisk unconstitutional? <laughs> but they're still, you know, stopping and frisking. So um, I know you were talking about the video with IUIC. I'm just going to yield. Oh, please forgive me, guys. I'm <laughs> I had my phone on you. Um, yeah, sister, and I just want to kind of, you know, I'll, I'll you know, speed this up with this ISU, um, IUIC. Um, the guy was saying that he, uh, he was reading some scriptures, and the white woman was like, well, what is that supposed to mean? And he was saying what it means is you're going to go back in slavery. Like, he just said it just like that. Um, but... They were saying that they had like 30. They started a church. I can't remember exactly what it's in Tennessee or something like that. I think they have like 30 members now, which you know that's a lot because I, uh, Israel United in Christ is like all over the country. I think they even have their own TV show. They have a they have a TV show. I, they advertised it on. A, they had a picture of them advertised on a bus. So I, th- I think they had their own TV show, but. Aside from that, they're being listed as a hate group. I won't necessarily know if they're being listed as a terrorist group, but you know that's coming at the while. Um, however, my god sister, before she got out of the military uh, a couple of months ago, was saying they had to take a class on uh, sovereign citizen. <laughs> They had to take a class on sovereign citizens. And um, she said, yeah, we had to take a class 
on something called a sovereign citizen. And I laughed, and I said, what did they tell you about these sovereign citizens? She was saying that they were telling that they're extremely dangerous, you know. Some of them believe, you know, that they own the land and some of this other different stuff. And I was just like, well, that sounds like the Moors, <laughs> which, I mean, they, you know, they do practice sovereignty or they or they practice sovereign citizen mythology, so to speak. Um, but she didn't say as much about them. They're like now they're I think they're being considered is uh a hate group. But I know that now uh some of these Israelite groups are being they're being labeled as hate groups. And it's gonna be really interesting to see what's gonna happen in the next couple of years because we're not out there like that. But, you know, with these quote unquote Hebrew Israelites out um, you know, what does this do for what does this do for us? You know, how will people respond to us in conjunction with you know, us being part of you know, Hebrew faith because, you know, when we go out and we do business, it's gonna be kinda I mean, it'll be easy but you're still going to deal with the notion that people are going to try to lump us in with these groups, thinking that we have the same principles. And it's like, no, we don't. Because I was just, uh, I don't know if anybody knew this or not, but somebody posted, I think it was Israel United in Christ, posted their tax exempt information up on the Internet. And they are what information, I'm sorry? They posted their tax-exempt information on the Internet. And they are considered that under the tax-exempt law or under the IRS, these people are labeled as Islamic. They're not registered as a Hebrew group. They're registered as an Islamic group. Under taxonomy, they are identified as an Islamic group. I can show it to you. It blew my mind. Now, I wouldn't advise anybody to kind of like go out there and just, you know, go saying that. But, I mean, someone posted it on the Internet. It was on Facebook one night, and I saw it. Now, you had to click on the link in order to see it, but that register is an Islamic group. So that's a little that's a little deceiving because you're masquerading as Hebrews, but you're really you're really a, you're really a bunch of Muslims. So I don't know how to take that, but yeah, I mean, this is that's what's the, that's what's going on with that. So um, I don't know if GMS will be next. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Thug uh, will be next. I don't know if HOJ will be next. I don't know if uh, Ambassadors of Christ will be next. Um, or One West will be next. I don't know who will be considered as a hate group, but we. It's like now it's our it's kind of like our job now to present ourselves 
in a different light. This is why priesthood is teaching us business etiquette and business because this is going to distinct this is going to distinguish you from these people. So I just wanted to kind of throw it out there. I know it may not make sense now, but one thing I can say is, you know, I'm not trying to be lumped in with a whole bunch of is with a bunch of Muslims, and I'm not a Muslim. Okay. I I mean, that's that's a that was a little bit you know a hard pill to swallow when I first realized it, but and I can't and then I try to justify it. I try to say, well. What if they're saying that they're Islamic in terms of I am I self law and master? But even if that was the case, the United States jurisdiction doesn't recognize that particular type of uh, taxonomy because they have them listed as Islamic, not Islam or Mohammedan or Muslim. They have them listed as Islamic, which I mean, people will, you know, I guess under their taxonomy. They'll have them in conjunction with, or it can be considered as a Muslim or something in that nature. But aside from that, I don't know. I just saw it on there. I don't, I wouldn't urge anybody to kind of go out there just, you know, putting it out there. But it ended up on Facebook. That's all I can say. So if you guys see it, you know, that's on you. But I wouldn't go spreading that. Um. I open up the floor again for any comments or questions or uh, any other topics. Just state your name for one on the record. Shalom, this is Actress Crystal Sabadita. Shalom. I'm comment on what you were saying, brother. Um, you know, that is interesting that they are listed as Islamic. So uh, from what you're saying, that may be the underlying factor why some of these groups are being labeled as hate groups or terrorists mm-hmm. because of how they're uh, label in law, and you know they may be aware or unaware of what they're doing, and um, also you know it's like you said with Brother Priest, he has told us how we need to conduct ourselves, and hopefully the way that we conduct ourselves in private and public will separate us from the other. Yeah, I you know I, I saw it, sister, and I couldn't help thinking to myself. I wonder how many people go in asking the question. Oh, no. no, Okay, I got it. I wonder how many people actually go into this group or those groups asking the question, are you guys really a Hebrew group? You know, do you guys really practice the Torah? And, you know, you know, I wonder how many people actually ask these questions because that's a deception. Um, I don't know how they're going to clean that up. Nine times out of ten, if I, if, you know, if you're familiar with the way the Negro works, especially these so-called conscious Negroes, they can put a spin on anything. So they'll make it, they'll put a spin on it, and they'll probably say something in terms and uh, on the likes of, or were we Islamic in terms of ourselves law and master or something of that nature. But it still wouldn't justify that under the tax law. I don't know how the, tax, uh, how the IRS recognizes Islam 
But I don't think it has anything to do with that. So, yeah, and uh, you know, now it just means that we gotta be set apart. We just gotta be set apart. So, and that's not hard to do. I'm fine. That's not a hard thing to do, because at the end of the day, you know, as Ark Lynn stated to us earlier. You know, we can't be so caught up um, in terms of emotional. We can't be so emotional to where we don't want to have to. De- like, okay, because there, there, there's this underlying situation where, or there's a situation where we could be doing business with people. I mean, I have to like you, but I have to do business with you because if you have something I want. You, you, you know, I have something you want. We get along to move along, and then just keep it going. Everybody smile, shake hands, and keep it moving. <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, I'm pretty sure that's how our ancestors did it. You know, it, it is like, I don't like that person, so I'm not going to do business with that person. But at the end of the day, you know, when we're dealing with other nations, we got to do what we got to do. So, you know, Time, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Only thing I can say is just be aware when, you know, you're listening to some of these other groups and their philosophies and their doctrines. It's written in their doctrines exactly what they are. I mean, because they sound, I'm just be honest, they sound just like the replicas of the old Islamic, uh, those old uh, um, uh uh, Nation of Islam cats, they have those doctrines, and they try to infuse them with this whole Hebrew case concept. It just don't work. It don't work at all. But aside from that, I'm just going to uh, open up the floor again for any uh, topics anybody has. Just state your name for on the record. Oh, wow, it kind of goes fast. Hey, Shalom, this is Brother E.K., Shalom, out. Shalom, uh, just tuning in, uh, great conversations. Um, I had a question. Uh, I was just, I had, because I get Yahoo uh, mail, I mean, uh, news on my phone, and um, it just occurred, you know, that uh, the State Department is uh, reinvestigating Hillary Clinton's emails. So I was wondering what anybody thinks about about that, <laughs> and, uh, and I yield. That's funny you brought that up, brother, because I wonder did I wonder is this after they stated that she's not being indicted? This is before or after they stated that she wasn't being indicted. Uh, did you hear about that? They were the FBI saying that she's not being indicted or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's what I was saying because it originally seemed like they had you know, they had stopped know, investigating, quote-unquote, but then they just say, okay, now we're going to reinvestigate these emails. So it's like, if it is something that they found or if it is something that they thought they could get away with, I don't know, you know, it's just really very, very interesting right. how, that, how that all occurred right now. Man, oh, man. Oh, how do y'all like this? 
Did anybody hear about the man who was supposed to testify against Hillary Clinton dying the day before or the couple of days before he was actually supposed to testify against her? Did y'all hear about that? Nah. <laughs> yeah. Thing, that, that what a, what a, what a coincidence. coincidence. Yeah. The man dies chancy just a couple of days before he was supposed to testify against her in the Benghazi case or against her in this whole uh, yeah, I think it was the Benghazi case or something of that nature. He just, he, he just, I don't know. He probably tripped over a stick and split his head, or maybe he just, uh, you know, got, you know, he, he maybe fell down the stairs. <laughs> um, I mean, he might, but what you say? He, he might, he might have, he might have word to them, word to tell the devil. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't want to, you know, tell all them lies on us. Because, <laughs> I mean, he's dead. But I just thought that that was really interesting that he died a couple of days before he was supposed to testify against her. Now, that says a lot. But then again, I mean, I don't think anybody should be surprised considering the way that this government works. So, hmm, no man. I wouldn't be surprised if they do a movie on it like 10 years later. <laughs> Say that again, brother. What did you say? I wouldn't be surprised if they do a movie on some uh, where the situation is 10 years later. Uh, seriously, a man just, you know, safely died after the fact that he's supposed to, he's supposed to give a testimony. Oh, you think I need to look around? Yeah, mm-hmm. they offered me $100,000 for $51 a month. Brother E.K., I couldn't hear you, brother. What were you saying in the background? No, I was saying I wouldn't be surprised if they end up doing like a movie 10 years later how mysteriously this gentleman dies when he's supposed to give a testimony regarding uh. The, the Hillary situation. So it's just, you know, this is humor that I just threw out there, you know. Well, you know what's crazy? I was just sitting here thinking that would be really, really interesting. That wouldn't be surprising at all. I I, I was thinking about something that they were about to redo um, that happened some time ago. I can't recall. I was just sitting here thinking about it as you were talking about them redoing. Oh, so the doctors who the doctors who who uh Thank you. no problem the doctors who um gave or who gave Prince his prescription now they're under criminal investigation. Yep. Now they're under criminal investigation. And they were saying that this sounds like a repeat of the Michael Jackson case. Because remember, you guys, when Michael Jackson died and they immediately uh, started investigating the doctor, the the quote-unquote African doctor, (laughs) who took the fall for the whole cover-up. Y'all remember that? Now all of a sudden, Prince's doctor is under criminal investigation for giving him opiates. Mm. Is he African American? Now you know what I don't even know. I haven't seen. I haven't even seen a picture of Prince's doctor. 
But now all of a sudden he is or they are or she is or whoever are they're under criminal investigation. They just did a report about this. I just I'm just like, well, this government is amazing. <laughs> they're they're really funny. Yes, sir. And I think in that I think Dick Gregory also did a, a videography on that too, on Prince's death. And uh he was saying that Prince died in the plane. They killed him in the plane. And he was like, Do you know who owns the plane that Prince char- charters? And the interviewer was like, No. He said, oh, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett owns the plane that, uh, that you know, Prince chartered. Um, he said, and After he died, you know, the next day they had all of these in the tabloids that he died of AIDS, but then they showed him the night before doing two concerts back to back. He said, did that look like a man that was dying of AIDS to you? <laughs> that, but that's true. And that's and so true. Like, no. And he said, but TMZ released photos of him the day he died, supposedly riding his bike in front of the, uh, in front of the store. And Dick Gregory just looked at him and he said, okay, TMZ. He said, um... He said they released a, a a photo of him on his bike in front of the store. He said with nobody around him, like hey Prince, Prince, is that you? You know, hey, how you doing? Nobody was around Prince riding his bike out in the open and going to the store. And he said, okay, who's TMZ TMZ owned by? What are they? And then the reporter was like, uh, they're the media arm of uh, Time Warner Cable, Time Warner. And he said, and who is Tom, Tom Warner? And Tom oh, Warner was the right. he was trying to. <laughs> he wow. Said, wow. Said, yes. And wow. he said, the, the, the day Prince died, the queen was here. It was her birthday. Remember? The very same day Prince died, it was the queen's birthday, the queen of England. She was mm-hmm. here in Washington. And they took a picture of her with her kids, and all of them had on purple. Mm-hmm. And that same day, she pointed to the younger son and said that it was going, the heir was going to pass to him. Not Charles, but to the prince. Hmm. So he was like, why, well, why do you think? They killed him. He's like, you asking me questions I don't like, I ain't qualified to answer. That's <laughs> why he gets so mad. He said, but my, if you want me to give you a guess, he said, I think they killed him because of that day he walked up into that record company with that slave symbol on his eye. I remember that. And I remember was, that. And they were like, mm-hmm, all right. He said, because these people did, these people got money. It's, it's not like a regular Negro on the street or a poor white person on the street. Like, I'm going to kill you. You know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. wait 10 years. They'll wait 10 years and then boom, knock you off. Wow. This is interesting. I want to, um, I'm going to make an announcement. It's 8.50 and I have a meeting I have to be to at 9, but I'm I'm going to stay on for the next couple of minutes. But I just wanted to I just wanted to say that that is very profound what you were saying about what Dick Gregory was uh, mentioning 
about the death of Prince. I, I, I didn't have, first of all, I had no idea that TMZ was a subsidiary or owned by uh, Time Warner, which is the same company that Prince was trying to get his masters back from. And that there just really spoke volumes. I mean, because Prince ended up getting his masters back from them, <laughs> you know. So that's that's very very um. That, and, that's and very planes were were owned by Warren Buffett. Like this guy Warren Buffett is not like you know saintly as they try and portray him, and then for them to say that. Prince died without leaving a will. Like the great is saying, even if you hated everybody in your family, you do what that rich, that multi-millionaire in Manhattan did. If you hate your entire family, you leave your millions to your dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. This is a, this is a man that had people to perm his hair and roller set it and 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 <laughs> take the lint off, to take the lint off his his suit when he's about to go on stage and. And we're in high heels, and you mean to tell me this man didn't leave a will? Mm, yeah, that was weird. That was really weird. Mm-mm. Yes, sir. With that note, I'm going to uh, depart from y'all. Hey, I love you guys, and y'all take care. You too, Bob. I just think that's really weird that he didn't even leave a Well, it was reported that he didn't leave a will. Because, mind you, we weren't there, um, but we had to kind of just go off. But, you know, eventually what ends up happening is the news, they lie so bad, you know, lie switch up every other however. And so now you start to see these different other types of things being, you know, mentioned. But then here is another thing that I, I'm, I guess I still have to try to figure out is how do they know over oh, then again, that's why they delayed the hearing about who gets what, because the court was just saying not too long, I did a story on this, they were saying that they were going to delay, the Minnesota probate court was saying that they were going to delay uh, a hearing about who was going to get what. Mm. So this third-party entity done came in uh, and was like, we're not going to decide right now who's going to get what. I guess they're saying we're going to wait, you know, but I mean, you have this guy, again, Prince, by the way, who's very highly intelligent. You're going to tell me this guy didn't leave a will? He died in test state? That is really weird. I, I, I find that to be really weird. But, it's, you know, we just don't know people's lives. But I do know one thing. Well, going to think uh, if, they did, if they did do anything to Prince, Believe you me, it's all going to come out. I yeah. mean, it came out with Michael Jackson. I mean, er, I mean, I, I can't. I think everybody kind of knew Michael Jackson was murdered, but then when it like really hit the surface that Michael Jackson was murdered, because there were people who were coming out saying that there were the, the FBI agent who came out and he was saying that they killed Michael Jackson and all this other stuff. Now, is that a hoax? A hoax? I don't know, but. Um, it's just so much going on we don't necessarily know. It's like you can't really tell the real from the fake anymore. I mean, you we know there's a lot of false flags going on, but it's like you really can't tell with the whole what's real and what's not. But I do remember uh, when you were talking about the queen, 
and her son and wearing purple. I know Sister Monica, uh, a consort of uh, Bernard, and she came on and she made mention of that. I was just thinking to myself, like, man, what if, you know, um, I just, you know, just what if? And and we can only just go by what they show us, right. which is still, you know, just crazy. But we'll, it'll come to the light. Somebody will slip up and say something that they, you know, shouldn't have said, and then they might, you know, disappear. Um, just don't understand it. But I do know that, oh, so the young woman who uh, filmed her, her husband being shot in the passenger side, Facebook, they keep removing the videos. They keep what? removing the videos off of Facebook. I mean, people are repost people are, like reposting them, and then they're removing the videos off of Facebook. Well, they've been doing they, this since yesterday. They said they were putting in a task force to tackle. I think I posted that article on freelance uh, on the freelance fan page where Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Microsoft were all teaming up with the FBI to go after alternative news pages and people, you know, violent posts or terrorist type posts. They were going to be removing them, and they were going to be posting counter-articles to counter the articles that the alternative news pages were putting up, and also going to the extent of possibly shutting down alternative news pages. Well, you know, if they do that, so be it. I mean... I'm not crying over it because at the end of the day, that's their platform. You know, I mean, they set Facebook up as a, a, a database, you know, collect the information and stuff like that. But they want to try to make the people believe that, hey, this is just a social network. It is a social network. <laughs> but what you consider to be a social network don't have the same meaning to them. Right. It's a network, not necessarily for you. It may be a network for you to socialize. But it is a social network where the society is on it. But in order to be on it, they got to record information about you. So, yeah, it's a social network, all right. Maybe I'm going a little bit deep in it. But um, it's 8.58, you guys, and I got to get over to this meeting. Um, I'm going to – going to uh, don't thank anybody – I don't think anybody is on. I think I'm just going to have to adjourn for this evening. Uh, we'll meet back here at uh, Thursday, um, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Central Time, um, 6 o'clock p.m. Uh, no, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, 6 o'clock p.m. Central, and we'll um, discuss some more different topics, you guys. I got to head over to this meeting. I'll talk to you guys next uh, week, and we can adjourn for this evening. Shalom, shalom. 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 Shalom, everybody.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.